take the usual podcast hosting companies and you'll stay in expensive wonderland. Take the podcast of Matrix hosting and you'll experience a completely different world of whole podcast library hosting. Choose wisely at podcastmatrix.com. That's podcastmatrix.com. When you hear the words Friday the 13th, what do you think of? While most will recollect a certain impossible-to-be-killed masked individual bearing sharp weapons of all kinds, there's another Friday the 13th that deserves attention. In 1987, Friday the 13th, the series, created a rich tapestry of completely original storytelling. Based on a series of curious, devilishly enchanted objects that must be recovered and returned to the vault to prevent truly dark fates from befalling their owners. This is the detailed revisit and review of the adventures of their reacquisition. Episode by episode. You won't find any hockey masks here. This is the Curious Goods Podcast from Two Guys Talking Horror. Which way will this last episode go? The way of witches! That's where! And boy, is it a wild ride! A climb up a literal witch's ladder, if you will! If you ever thought the last episode of this season of a television show needed to be a barn burner, well, prepare the rafters and kerosene because it's time for the Curious Goods Podcast. A retelling, a revisit, and a complete educational detailing of each and every episode of Friday the 13th, the series. This time, it's season two's last episode, episode 26. Coven of Darkness. Greetings, everybody. I'm Mike Wilkerson, one of your hosts. And I'm Nicholas J. Hearn, your other host. Nick, we're going to forego housekeeping because there's so much to talk about inside this episode. Let's get straight to the retell. I'm itching for some witching, Mike. It looks like some kind of sacrificial ceremony. Two ladies are looking for dark talents that have been stolen long ago. The older of the two women strikes her finger against the blade of a ceremonial dagger. She places the bloodied finger on the lips of her younger dark companion and then draws an inverted cross on her own forehead. A baker's dozen dressed in black encircle a starred altar and they're looking for the face of their savior. She uses the bloody dagger to stab at a mound of dark wax. It suddenly spins and whips up to become a statue that tells them to follow the right hand path. Across town, Jack, Mickey, and others are getting schooled about the right hand path. You know, white magic. White as in good magic, not white as in Caucasian. A necklace is showcased. It's barbed, black, deathly-looking necklace that's called the Witch's Ladder. It's bound with incredibly dark power. It's been used for years to amplify white powers, to aid in healing, and to spread good. Not in this episode. And again, it's white magic powers, not Caucasian powers. Jack and Mickey leave, thanking the older man, whose name is Winslow, who is a white witch and the leader of the right-hand path. 
the necklace is now in safe hands, at least for now, but that's not important right now. You see, the witch's ladder could enhance a witch's power a thousand times. It's a good thing that we can put it safely inside the vault forever. They all shake hands, and as they do, Winslow detects latent witchery power awesomeness inside of our Mickey. Certainly it can be developed, maybe even during this episode. As the crowd disperses, a lone white witch, you know, Brother Shannon, has remained behind to mop up the place. Suddenly, Brother Shannon is accosted from above. It's raining witches, bitches! Later on, hey, look, it's Brother Shannon, but now he's strapped to the back of the Black Witch's underground lair altar. Brother Shannon gasps as the two ladies stand over him. And once again, the dagger of not so awesome when it comes to living pops out. Time to kill a fellow magician. But first, Brother Shannon reveals that the ultra-powerful witch's ladder has been delivered to the Curious Goods Antique Shop. You know, the one right down the street over here inside of Canadaburg. The darkly clad magic woman thanks him for the knowledge with a series of dagger stabs to the chest cavity. <laughs> Speaking of the Curious Goods Antique Shop, Jack's over there laying down the white witchery knowledge and downstairs, Ryan and his very old friend, Danny the Expendable Mechanic Buddy, are talking about fixing the rolls. The bends. They also plan to head out, get some ladies, and get some drinks tomorrow night. As Danny leaves, a woman walks in. Hello, I'm Liza. And shakes Ryan's hand. Youch! She has this strange, but somehow appropriate poking ring that sticks Ryan drawing blood. My goodness, that's strange. She offers a handkerchief to Ryan to wipe off the blood and explain that she's on the hunt for Louis Vanderdees. You know why? Because he killed her sister. All lies. Ryan assures the woman that the witch's ladder is in safekeeping downstairs inside the vault of the Curious Goods shop. You know, over on shelf 11, on the left-hand side, next to that strange porcelain doll. Liza shares that she is a psychic and convinces Ryan that the witch's ladder is dangerous and must be destroyed, not kept forever. Liza details to Ryan that she's actually been going around destroying anything that Lewis has enchanted or cursed, which up to this point, we were led to believe was completely and totally impossible. But I guess one could see Ryan's eagerness to want to believe that they could be destroyed. And of course, Liza is an attractive female. So yeah, he gets all scampery and runs downstairs to tell Mickey and Jack all the news. As Ryan scampers downstairs, Liza walks away and tucks the bloodied handkerchief into her purse for safekeeping and use later. Ryan doesn't know why she's left. The answer? Nothing good! Back at the Black Witch's underground altar lair, nothing good is happening. The newest wax figure is dubbed... <gasps> Ryan Dalian? She tweaks the statue like a voodoo doll, and Ryan cries out in pain. Ouch. He thunders to the ground, and Mickey hears a ruckus in the room next door. He is compelled to bring the witches the witch's ladder, 
and will experience pain until the ladder is provided to the witches. Go away! Leave me alone! Ryan bellows. Mickey chases Ryan to the vault as he shuffles towards the doors and opens them. He walks in, looking for the witch's ladder. Mickey confronts him, and back at the Black Witch's underground altar lair, Liza falls to the ground. Hmm. Apparently Mickey has great power and is impacting the process. How convenient. Later, Mickey and Jack are collecting information about what Ryan experienced and try to deduce who Liza was. She had a lizard with wings pendant. Jack ushers off Mickey to comfort Ryan and then digs into books for more research. Back in the Black Witch's underground altar lair, the two head witches are determining what to do next. Liza ignites the freshly Ryan bloodied handkerchief on fire. Ryan's phone rings and, hey, it's Liza. She's compelling Ryan to leave. Please leave. I'll meet you at the corner. Don't question me. Hurry and leave. Ryan packs up his things and heads to the Canadian bird corner down the street. The phone rings again and, hey, it's Jack. Now he's talking to his friend. You know, the formerly ultra-powerful white witch, Mr. Winslow. They begin talking about the winged wizard pendant. You see, it indicates a black witch. Jack describes the woman that Ryan dealt with in the shop earlier that day to Winslow. And Winslow, to his surprise, knows exactly who that is. It's Liza, who was not only a high-ranking member of the Dark Coven, but Uncle Lewis's right-hand lady. That's right. Liza was second in the Dark Command. But you know what? Winslow will call him right back. Because after delivering the vital information to Jack inside this episode... Well, there's always some random knock on the door at three in the morning. Winslow investigates the door knock and sees a pentagram with daggers and dark shadows. And then, hey, what's that? It's the swinging dead body of one brother, Shannon, who was stabbed multiple times in the chest. Then two inverted crosses ignite inside his yard. Nothing good is happening here tonight. It's time to call the police. Not tonight, apparently. We don't need the police involved in any of this, do we? I mean, they usually just gloss over it anyway. Snap Panda Liza picking up Ryan in her killer black Porsche at the Canadian Bird Corner. Inside her tiny and perfectly lit convertible, she offers Ryan a special cup of joe. Something truly special. It's not magic, it's just chamomile. Ryan drinks it and instantly becomes suggestible. More suggestible than usual. It's time to go to Danny's house. Jack is back inside the shop, poring over yet another book, wondering when Winslow is eventually going to call him back. And Mickey pops in, looking for Ryan, but he's gone. Jack and Mickey realize that Liza is after the witch's ladder. Time to call Ryan's friends, but then Winslow shows up to talk about one dead brother Shannon swinging from the rafters along with the double inverted burning crosses inside his yard. Two. The Dark Witches have vowed to destroy anyone that's in their way. Three. With the power of the Witch's Ladder, Liza will be able to kill whomever she wants. Back inside of Danny's garage, Sweating Ryan shows up to do something. Mickey Winslow and Jack are poring over news articles and find out the dish about Liza, who's apparently 
out on parole. Jack also discovers that Liza's name appears inside the manifest. You see, she purchased a chisel? Huh? Apparently that's something that she's using to craft the wax figurines inside this episode that she uses to enslave and torment those that the statues emulate. Okay, I gotcha. Now I got it. It's time for the White Witch magic. Winslow's too old, but you know what? The magic powers that Mickey apparently has, they can triumph over the Dark Lordess that is Liza. Also, very convenient. Later that night, when Danny's ready to party, Ryan's in bad shape. Not as bad a shape as Danny, though, who gets stabbed to death by two darkly cloaked figures. Oh, oh, you're killing me. Oh, God, no, stop killing me. Back inside the now white witch's lair, also known as the Curious Kids dining room, they realize that Ryan is under the wax figure's power initiated by Liza. Strangely, the candles of their white altar begin to flicker. White altar as in good altar, not Caucasian altar. Back at the garage, Ryan awakens to find he's dead. Inside the white witch's lair, Winslow instructs Mickey on what to do next. Over at Danny's shop slash grave, Liza is compelling Ryan to come to the door and hopes that he's all right. You see, it's time to get the witch's ladder to Liza before things get worse. It's time to give Liza the witch's ladder. You see, if she doesn't have the witch's ladder, she can't move on with the episode to get it all done. She needs the witch's ladder. I'm turning this off right now. This is all just so confusing. Mickey, Winslow, and Jack initiate a circle of protection around Ryan Dalian. It will protect them from evil. She lights the center candle, utters the magic words, and now Ryan will be protected until the candles burn out. Uh, but not yet! She has to say the words several hundred times, apparently, inside this episode, and begin! Inside Liza's delicious Porsche, Liza encourages Ryan to get the witch's ladder! Ryan saunters off towards the curious good shop to retrieve the witch's ladder! because he's got to get the witch's ladder. Winslow continues with his white witch power instructions to Mickey. And as he continues, Ryan watches the three of them as they stand at the white witch altar, but then descends towards the vault to get, you guessed it, the witch's ladder. What's this? A new padlock is on the vault. Winslow continues the soothing words to Mickey, who mimics his phraseology, and finally, the protection circle is still not done! In another room, Ryan is broken into the vault and heads towards the witch's ladder. Jack is trying to explain what's going on, but Ryan is spellstruck and leaving a path of destruction in his wake as he thunders up the stairs with, you guessed it, the witch's ladder! Back at Liza's perfectly lit Dark Witch Mobile, he gives the witch's ladder to Liza. As he does this, Winslow arrives and he and Liza face off. He gets the bad end of the Black Witch's power stick for sure. Winslow dies in a blast of darkly lit force lightning and Liza and Ryan speed off into the dark night. Later that evening, inside the Black Witch's underground altar lair, tonight, more white magicians are going to die. Tonight, darkness returns. 
Liza and her fellow Dark Witch bathe their hands in a goblet of blood. Not so awesome, but incredibly hot, and prepare for another dark ritual that is nothing good. Back at the Curious Goods shop, Jack and Mickey are contemplating their next move. White magic is their only last tool. What is it that Mickey can do? She doesn't know how to use the white magic powers. By using your abilities, you should secure Ryan so that he can get the witch's ladder back for us. Huh? It doesn't make much sense, but it's incredibly compelling inside this episode of Friday the 13th. Mickey dons her cool white shawl hoodie robe thing and grabs the White Witch power book and begins to read. As she speaks, the truth burns inside the heart of Ryan Dalian. As she finally finishes the same thing seven times, Ryan is able to realize the folly of Liza's lies. He knows that she's not good and that he needs to act now. Back inside the Curious Goods shop, Mickey realizes that Ryan has heard her message. Jack encourages Mickey to focus your energies now on Liza. Make her curse bounce back at her. Ryan starts his escapade by thudding some of the Black Witch minions as Mickey continues to combat Liza with her White Witch powers. Liza feels her impact. Mickey continues to chat cool phrases as Jack helps her deliver them. Return the curse a thousandfold. Which echo inside of our minds and inside this episode as Liza continues to deliver the announcements to her followers who are one by one in a line walking by her. She delivers the last announcement to the last person inside of the line who under the hooded garment is... <gasps> Ryan Dalian! Shocker! He snatches the witch's ladder away from Liza and then... Ryan is able to deliver a series of force lightning strikes to fend off the minions of the Black Witch. Finally, he and Lysa face off, and Ryan's power is able to deliver one last massive blast of force lightning, thereby killing Lysa. As he does so, Mickey falls, but later awakens, worn out, sweaty, and happy that Ryan is alright, that the worst is over, and that the white witch powers lie dormant, and that the witch's ladder, and secondarily, the not-needed cursed chisel, have been... Recovered! Every episode of Friday the 13th has goods and bads. Let's talk about the good. Yay for black magic and all things which of which we speak. I enjoy a good tale that includes black craft witch witchery. Uh -huh. And you don't see them very often. And I'm not entirely sure why, but I like it when they when they give us some really deep pepper dark black magic stuff and this is good. Well, I know why they don't do it as often as they once did is because witchcraft or more precise the art and religion of wiccan mm -hmm. is something that is completely different than what was once portrayed in film and television mm -hmm. that was one of the reasons why i enjoyed this because they showed both the light and the dark side of those practices mm -hmm. now of course it's still a antiquated look at it because I have a handful of friends that are practicing Wiccans. Yeah. 
and there's no evil malice yeah, bloodletting you don't walk in their stuff house or, and they got a pentagram with daggers right. on the wall they love disney movies yeah. okay you don't shake their hand right because they got the pokey prick ring well you always <laughs> check to see exactly <laughs> what kind of jewelry Hi, they may, have may on I see your palm before i shake your hand that'd be great uh, besides only the evil ones would want your blood <laughs> right because the good ones it's it's very simple it's it's if you practice dark arts bad things happen to you it's right. it's all a it's all a uh, cause and effect type of uh, of thinking. Sure. Very similar to the Shaman's Apprentice. Very mm-hmm. similar to Voodoo Mambo, mm-hmm. where we actually get to take a look inside something that could be and usually is alien to normal American viewing audiences mm-hmm. and get a little knowledge dropped on us. Yeah, it's a culture capsule. Yeah. And, and I, I loved it. I, I love being able to dip deeper into something beyond the pointy black hat and a broom. Right, exactly. And and I thought that this was grand at doing that. Really, really solid. Spinny waxness. Easily my favorite part of this episode. Uh, even even beyond showcasing the witchery culture capsule thing. Yeah. Uh, I, I really enjoyed what they were able to do here with the wax figurine that then becomes the voodoo-like doll that then tortures Ryan. I, I, I thought that all of that was wonderfully done. The thing is, though, is that you couldn't have had that without the cursed chisel, which you treat as a secondary piece of nothingness inside if, the retail store. If, if, if you hadn't mentioned it, I would have completely forgotten about it. I, I know. Because, of course, all the good episodes feature one item at a time rather than multiple items at a time. I, that's, I don't think that's accurate. <laughs> I think there have been some good episodes that have had two items. Mm-hmm. This one. Right. I agree. The whole thing is that, that and the re, there's, there's some background here we should fill the, the listeners in on, too. The, the pace of this episode was very, very frantic. Yes. It was never, it's one of the things I enjoyed about it, too. There's very little in the way of, and now we're just going to chill for a minute. There wasn't much of that no, at all. No, no, no. This, this, this breakneck speed. Right. And while that instantly gives a wonderful roller coaster ride to anybody who's just sitting and watching television. What it doesn't offer is a great note-taking platform for the guy that sits and writes the retells for this episode, i.e. Right, me. Right. And with the missing of one section of Jack speaking, I completely missed that the chisel's magic. I have no idea. Yeah. I thought the the first time that the the stabby is done, it's done with the bloody dagger. It's not done with the chisel. Right. And so I, I had no idea. Well, well, the cutting of the finger was done with the dagger. The killing of people was actually done with the chisel as well. Mm. But that's okay. okay. Because they glossed over that. Not only that, hey, look at all this stabbing happening in an almost pitch black environment with people in dark robes that you can't see. Right. And exactly. hey, by the way, look, it's the not glowing dagger, or the not glowing chisel of awesome. <laughs> I don't I don't know. Anyway, the, the my my point is that it was it was talked about in one piece of phraseology in the mm-hmm. whole episode. And if you were not paying attention or in my case taking feverish notes to to capture the front end of our retell of this episode, then you would have missed it and not even known it was there. But I have to agree with you, probably the best special effect in the entire episode is how the mound of wax materializes. It just spins and goes upward and forms a human-shaped figure. Yeah. And, of course, you know, when you think about it, easy enough, it starts as the human-shaped figure, and they melt it down, and it turns, 
and all they've done is just reversed the footage. Right. right. But the way that they present it, it I mean, it looks like it's really happening. Yeah, it's super effective. And it also reminds me of how very straightforward and how something somewhere inside of our previous sh- uh, Shaman's episode, there could have been something far more impactful than the kind of fluffy cat toy that we got that was the the rattle inside of that episode. Not well, only not only that, but then the the ans- the floating ancestor heads that looked yes. like really bad <laughs> Halloween masks yeah. put on melons yeah. Yeah. and just just shot from yeah. afar. Yeah, totally totally awesome here with the spinny waxness. Speaking of that, production design boy it doesn't get much cooler than the cool black witches underground altar layer inside this episode well the funny thing is is that we call it the underground altar layer the thing it's not even it's not underground it's right. it's a deconsecrated church right because you've got all of these great stained glass windows of you know jesus christ and stories from the bible mm-hmm. but one of the evil things about black magic is a source of power is deconsecrating holy ground. Right. Just again, it just makes this group of of folk who followed Louis Vanderdee even more bad, even more evil because they're they're it's not like, hey, you know, so we're gonna use Bob's place for the ritual tonight. <laughs> I wonder I wonder if the if the the Black Witch's underground altar layer is on Google business. <laughs> It actually, I've I found it. It's right here, yeah. and it actually oh, has forty three, forty three different reviews, yeah. four stars. I'm certain that it does. Anyway, production design, top of the charts here. In particular, with that gorgeous, gorgeous, perfectly lit black Porsche. <laughs> That's where we ask you guys, what did you think was good inside this episode of Friday the Thirteenth? Let us know what you think by going to our website. That's CuriousGoodsPodcast.com. Fill out the quick web form and tell us what you think. Every episode of Friday the 13th, the series has goods and bads. We've covered the goods. Now let's take a look at the not-so-goods. Being unprepared for evil. Had a serious problem for this because one would think at the end of two seasons, Jack, being an expert in the occult, would have imparted some wisdom on both Mickey and Ryan about being prepared to deal with certain things. And I know in past episodes we've talked about rebooting this show and how cool it would be. That is something that the Jack Marshak of the reboot would probably hammer home. Oh, when, there's no question. When they weren't hunting for items, there would be the whole study this, be on the lookout for things like this, never touch this, never yeah. taste it. Don't, don't accept any food or drink from a stranger. Yeah. You know, don't shake somebody's hand who's wearing jewelry. Yeah. Things like that. Yeah. Uh, the other thing that would be here, and again, it would spin wonderfully into a, a reboot of this series. Jack, obviously, would be a member of the armed forces someplace, special forces, whatever. Yeah. But he and his now entourage would all have something that I have that's called a go bag. Now, Mm -hmm. the difference between my go bag and what would be inside of Jack, Mickey, and Ryan's go bag, two completely different things. 
Mine is so that my family and I can leave for 72 hours and go and live and not be accosted by zombies. That's what we've got inside of our 72-hour go bag. Inside of their go bag, however, there should be something that prepares all of them for the onset of maybe the top three bad things that might accidentally happen. Right. Like a small mini candle of protection that once you light the freaking candle of protection, you don't need 700,000 words or, or characters or whatever, whatever the magic is that enacts to enact some sort of six foot circle of protection or something. And, and that they don't have something like that right yet is odd because again, we're, we're, we're 52 episodes in where, where's the preparation here? Uh, we, well, we've also, got to stop capturing our our trio unawares of all of these things that they should be at least remotely aware of. They should be, yeah. the The whole fact that the ritual takes so long and there's so much preparation is, technically speaking, that's how things were dealt with back then when telling those stories. Today, modern stuff they've they've cut things in half. They've made it very similar to the Force. Yeah, magic has magic has a cost, right? So depending on how much stored up energy you have you can do all kinds of really cool shit but as soon as you've exhausted your abilities you're done you can't have anymore or you barter for power and get some from another source Mm -hmm. or you have objects Mm -hmm. that are filled with power and as soon as those are are done being used you're shit out of luck so i mean things have changed when it comes to that's kind of what i mean about their go bag is it's inside the go bag and if we did a remake yeah there should be some white awesome right that's inside the bags to help them deal with stuff just like this convenient superpowers yeah the white magic go bag needs to have something like that in it well, speaking of the the white magic go bag and having the candles and things for the circle of protection, in this episode, Mickey, we discover that Mickey has supernatural ability. She has an energy inside of her that allows her to do some magic. Awesome. That's That's actually really cool because we haven't had something like that yet. Jack knows stuff. Remember last season's finale when Mickey and Ryan were trapped in the clip show and Jack needed help getting them out of those clips? He called Rashid, who helped him do a ritual. So Jack couldn't do it all by himself. Now we would have a character that could help Jack. Now, I'm not saying I don't want to never see Rashid again, and I don't think we ever do, but sadly... (laughs) Rashid got hit by a bus, okay? I just want to break Rashid that Rashid was killed off camera because he's a friend of Jack Marshak, and as we know, <laughs> anybody who's a friend of Jack Marshak dies yeah. in this show. The math equation wasn't in his favor. I mean, Winslow. Winslow stretch. in this episode. He knew Jack. Guess right. what? Before the end of the episode, he's dead. He's dead. Right. So, <clears throat> but anyway, the need to have somebody that has an extra ability, it's how you, you have a well-rounded team. You know, Jack is the brain's. Mickey could be the beauty, but then also the spirit, while Ryan is the, I guess, street smart, street wise, rough and tumble, uh, man of action kind of a thing. You literally have all of your your checkboxes there filled. In the remake, you could have Jack teach Ryan some moves that Jack learned in Korea or whichever war would have been this new version of Jack's young man war kind of a thing. 
But in this episode, my biggest complaint is that we introduced this great fact of, oh, Mickey has some talent and we could totally develop that. And then they write it away by the end of the episode saying, well, I've, I've known a lot of people that have had uh, abilities before, but I've never met anyone who's probably burned them all out in one night. Wh what? Are you telling me that you want to take that away from a character and all of the writers for the next season just because you don't want to throw it out there because you don't want to give her a superpower? Don't make her ultra powerful right off the bat. Show her learning some shit. But we don't do that. We just write it away by the end. It's like, well, the only way you were able to take on that ultra powerful black witch is because you used up all your power. So it was only convenient for her to have abilities for this one fucking episode. I don't like that. I, I, I frankly would like to have her have zero superpowers, but that's just me. I, I what I what I I don't really have any interest in, in in the series is having one of our characters have superpowers. I'm I'm not really interested. I say in that at superpowers all. just because that's the, the powers. That, it's a, it's but abilities. It's accurate, sure. right? And 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 I I I'd rather be. I'd rather have us need to come up with the tools than, okay, so we've got that as one of the things that can whip off as something inside of our Swiss Army knife for fighting evil inside this series. I, I understand the value of it, and I understand how other episodic television has been able to take advantage of it. There was the, the, the I, forget, I don't remember the name of it, but there's the, the whole witch's television show that... I've I've forgotten the name of it was. There's the, a whole there's like four or five different witches. Are uh, charmed? Are you charmed. talking about charm? Yeah, the original. Yeah, CW I, charm. And I didn't see any of it, but I know that it was incredibly powerful. I know that it was incredibly popular, and it it made a lot of career stuffs. I just don't know that I'm interested in having anything like that inside this series. What I what I want is our intrepid heroes. I want the knowledge that is conveyed by the manifest, and I want the knowledge that Jack has to share with his younger people to to educate them to help battle the powers of evil and i'm done i i what, what i don't need is i don't need i don't need built-in web shooters from mickey to help us inside the hunt for the the antique items i respect your opinion but i think you're wrong because shows like buffy the vampire slayer shows like supernatural mm -hmm. they all have characters that have abilities to do something to help them fight the forces of evil. Mm -hmm. And I'm sorry, if this thing was rebooted, it wouldn't be three regular people going up against the powers of darkness because the powers of darkness are going to be stronger than just three regular people. Therein lies, well, therein lies the rub. Somebody needs to have the edge so that they don't constantly get killed Every episode well, it's why, by it's, the dark items. It's why they all have a go bag, and Jax just happens to be a bag of holding that has kickassery inside. Bag of holding. Here you go. Holy water. Drink some of this and spit it in the eye of the <laughs> evil one. <laughs> the gravity of the episode contents versus 46 minutes. Rough. This, and we said it, it went by... In a breakneck pace. This was a blink episode. Seriously, like if you... They threw a lot at us. Ton. And I feel like one of the things that really got glossed over was 
the effect that Liza had on Ryan. Yeah. We sped yeah. through that so much to where it kind of seemed like, boy, Ryan, you're you're just an idiot. You're so freaking gullible, yet this is your second se- you know, you, you got you got 52 episodes under your belt. Well, give or take a handful that he wasn't in, but mm-hmm. still you should know better. But it looks like he's just an idiot. What actually happens though is that he is drug into madness because mm-hmm. of this black magic. Mm-hmm. And we don't get enough of that. We don't get to see that developed. I think yeah. had we had 58 minutes or even yeah. a two-parter, because yeah. this is the season finale, it, we can have a two-parter, yeah. we, could have de- we could have watched Liza twist Ryan and turned him into evil Ryan instead of just sweaty, confused, and uh, constipated all the time, Ryan, because that's what we got. Yeah. For those of you that have followed anything on the FX network, FX network, Mm -hmm. you'll know that they, what they don't do, especially inside of leaning towards the end of episodic seasons, they actually extend what happens inside this episode timeline wise. Oh yeah. yeah. And it, it's, it's kind of random. They don't then just go, okay, it'll be 58 minutes or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. 58 minutes has been pretty common for a longer episode. The actually 10 or 15 minutes. It's a lot of time inside of storytelling. It, it actually can make all the difference in the world. Yeah. And I, I, I totally agree that the extension of time though, a two parter, maybe, Maybe that would have helped also with the accidental convenient superpowers factor inside of this, too. Yeah, it wouldn't have been be just shoving grooming. her straight into the, yeah. the, the nice little white poncho hoodie thing. Please and go oh, step into the dining room. And now you have your powers. Yeah. Chant! Chant! Yeah. And instead of having to do that, you can then groom and develop both Mickey with the powers and Ryan's enchantment slash relationship yeah. with Liza. And then the rest of it was bullets i really mm-hmm. enjoyed the rest of it it really did need more time um did it need a second episode probably not but i i i think that they would have benefited wildly by that extra 15 minutes if the quilt of hathor could have two episodes <laughs> the coven of darkness can have two episodes well those were our thoughts on what we thought needed a little bit of work inside this episode of friday the 13th the series But we want to know what you think. Head on over to our website at CuriousGoodsPodcast.com. Fill out the web form and tell us what you thought needed some work. We're running super long during this review of the final episode of Season 2, Inside of Friday the 13th, the series, Episode 26, Coven of Darkness. We'll be right back. Wouldn't it be cool if your advertising could last forever? It can. With perpetual advertising, here's how it works. Magazine, radio, and television ads are efforts that people might see or hear once, and then they're lost forever. Perpetual advertising provides you with the chance for repeat exposure and replayability weeks, months, even years after it's originally inserted inside a podcast. So even if your advertising is included in a podcast years ago, those efforts are still impactful, providing you with true return on investment, real impact, thanks to perpetual advertising. Are you ready to change the way you and your company or organization advertises? Find out more and launch a unique perpetual advertising effort now by visiting twoguystalking.com forward slash sponsors. 
Thought about a career in voiceover? Need a great, cost-effective on-hold message for your organization or business? Don't know where to start? Check out The Voice Farm, your one-stop shop for voiceover needs. Check it out now by accessing The Voice Farm at voicefarmers.com and see what difference can be made with a company that is truly outside the box. From The Voice Box, voicefarmers.com. That's voicefarmers.com. Make your podcast soar with the Editor Core. Editing podcasts can be ugh, rough. Everyone knows that you'll spend at least double the time you use creating the podcast when editing it. Then there's the control freak factor and the gotta get it right the first time. Well, it's time to shove all that out the door and make your podcast soar with the Editor Core. The Editor Core is a talented, experienced team of podcast editors that have edited tens of thousands of hours of podcast content, and they're ready for yours now. Check out EditorCore.com because it's time to make your podcast soar. EditorCore.com. That's EditorCore.com. Everyone, welcome back to the Curious Goods Podcast a retelling, a revisit, and a complete educational detailing of each and every episode of Friday the 13th, the series. This time, it's the last episode of Season 2, Episode 26. Coven of Darkness. Every time we come back from break, it's time to share our manifest moments. The manifest moments are where Nick and I either recognize an actor's portrayal, a storytelling element inside this episode, or something else that tripped our collective review night fantastic. Nick, what do you got? My manifest moment for this episode has got to be the return of Catherine Disher. Now, anybody who has listened to this program long enough knows that I love bringing up when this show reuses actors in in other roles. Uh, And Catherine Disher was actually in a season one episode of Friday the 13th, the series, Double Exposure. She was dating Ryan. Actually, I want to say that episode happened like right after the Quilt of Hathor. So this was like rebound girl from, from you know, Amish town romance that Ryan had. Uh, and of course she died. Uh, she was killed by the evil reporter. <laughs> right. 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 She, she right, died. Right. So, so again, it's like Ryan unlucky <laughs> in love. Uh, now, the thing is, is that Catherine Disher inside this episode appears as Liza's right-hand lady. And if you're reading between the lines, probably love her, which, uh, hey, all right, good for you. Another <laughs> great thing about Catherine Disher, you know, she she was on a really great vampire show done in Canada called Forever Night. She was the voice. Which is a great, great it, show. it was a great show. That was a great show. I would show. love to do a revisit to that. I, Catherine Disher, also the voice of Jean Grey from mm. the animated series from the 90s. Correctamundo. I did not, I was this year's old before I found out <laughs> what Catherine Disher is up to now. Mm-hmm. I do not watch this show. Mm-hmm. However. But my wife absolutely <laughs> loves yeah. this show. And I had no idea that it was Catherine Disher because she's 60 now. Mm-hmm. She does not look like she did when you know, back in the 80s. Mm-hmm. She is now on a show called, ironically, The Good Witch, mm. which I believe is a Hallmark show. She plays the the mayor of the small town. My wife loves it. I always give her shit anytime I walk through the room while she's wearing, watching it uh, because, you know, that's the nature of our relationship. I wanted to bring up Catherine Disher 
simply because once upon a time, she had her fingers in a lot of great performances. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, not not dissing her performances on The Good Witch. Uh, if you, and if you like that show, you know, hey, that's that's your bag, Good baby. On you. Good mm-hmm. on you. <laughs> exactly. But I had to bring her up because she is a recycled actor from Canada. And that is my manifest moment. I think that's a great one. Terribly educational as well. My manifest moment for this episode has got to be what could have been Winslow. Something that we have regularly inside this series is someone that pops up, is able to offer something traditionally deep or potentially deep, and now you're dead. <laughs> Except and, Rashid. Yeah. And what Rashid's, I think, probably a really great sample where I, I would like there to be, and again in the reboot, it needs to be something that can be offered where these people are introduced but then not instantly summarily executed. Right. Because there needs to be some pathos. And before when we were talking about having the uh, the accidental superpowers, thereby powering at least someone inside the team, what I would rather have happen are these people that are solicited and they do have power or access to power or access to things that are then eventually given to the team to put inside the vault so that they can be taken care of and managed and blah and all that. Mm. Somewhere between all of that mixing in the cauldron of the remake is someone like a Winslow who can provide us the in-depth knowledge of something that I think the vast majority of us know nothing about, which is the white end of white witch magic. I, other than going, oh, it's good, and what we saw inside of Wizard of Oz, I, I, don't, think, I don't have anything else to put it into context. And so knowing more about that and being able to harness the powers and the, the abilities and the accoutrement or whatever else they're going to be using to, to combat the dark powers of witchery, I think would be stellar, mm-hmm. except he's dead. And so is Brother Shannon. And where the hell are the other people? And we, it doesn't matter because we didn't meet any of the other ones. Right. But... That's what I, I I was really interested in what that was going to do for us, especially realizing that Winslow's at the end of his power ebb, apparently, uh, that he could teach Mickey something. Uh, imagine if he'd have lived somehow. Imagine if he was the, I am, I am beaten and deformed, but he could then rise on and, and give Mickey something inside the series to help guide her in the powerness. I don't know, something. Right. I, I was looking for something other than, and here's your death to, to Winslow. Well, the thing is, is, it really doesn't matter because uh, Mickey doesn't have any abilities anymore. Right. <laughs> even worse. By the end of the episode. Yeah, well, maybe not even worse. Because, again, I don't, I don't want any of the team to have something that is a, uh, and now we'll whip out the superpowers and everything's fixed. I, I want there to be something else in regard to solution for that. But anyway, uh, Winslow is my manifest moment inside this episode that's where we ask you guys what was your manifest moment inside this episode let us know what you think by going over to our website that's curiousgoodspodcast.com fill out the quick web form and tell us what your manifest moment was vocabulary ah there's words dancing around our brain that make the episodes go round they are vocabulary Inside this episode, we've got a number of vocabulary words, the first of which is... Desecrate. 
Thanks to our friends over at visualthesaurus.com, we have Desecrate as violate the sacred character of a place or language. It's also listed as remove the consecration from a person or an object. And that's exactly what these witches did mm -hmm. to that ancient church. Yeah, very cool. The second word is... Pendant. Again, thanks to our friends over at visualthesaurus.com, we have pendant as an adornment that hangs from a piece of jewelry, as in a necklace or earring. It's also listed as, as a branched lighting fixture, often ornate and hangs from the ceiling. I love that ornate branched lighting fixture you have around your neck, Mike. Oh my, thank you. It's sometimes a curse to carry it, but we do a podcast about cursed items, so I feel okay. Our last vocabulary word is... Coven. Ah, Coven, a piece of the episode title that is listed, again, by our friends over at visualthesaurus.com as an assembly of witches, usually 13 witches. Also listed as a being, usually female, imagined to have special powers derived from the devil. The last entry here is a group of persons who are gathered together for a common purpose. Very interesting definitions for the word coven, and a great word. It, it's, it's always been a, a very cool word. I've always enjoyed cabal, or cabal. Hmm. That's where we ask you guys, what vocabulary words did you recognize from this episode? Let us know what you think by going over to our website. Again, that's CuriousGoodsPodcast.com. Fill out the quick web form and tell us what vocabulary struck you inside this episode. Time for the rating inside this episode of Friday the 13th, the series, The Scale Works Thusly. Ten is on top of the heap, finally achieving a true and complete circle of P-R-O-T-E-C. T-I-O-N. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Your dramatic, your fucking dramatic pause <laughs> got me. It was like, did he forget how to spell the word? <laughs> Pro protect. The circle of protect. It's not called a circle of protect. A one is on the bottom of the scale. Having to hear Mike say witch's ladder 72 times during the retelling. Everything starts at a seven as an average. The numbers go up with positives. The numbers go down with negatives. And Nick? There are no halvesies. Nick, what do you got? I think we talked about it enough. This this episode had high tension and fast pace. Mm -hmm. And again, blink, you miss stuff. Oh, yeah. And I'm not saying that that's necessarily a bad thing, but when one of us has to take notes because we do this elaborate retelling, it does hinder us later on when we are crafting said retelling for all of Fine, you. Fine, you can take the notes. No, I'm not. I don't want to take the notes. I don't need. Let's let's forget. Not forget. I don't need notes. <laughs> I remember everything that I just watched five minutes ago. <laughs> That being said, though, uh, there were a handful of like very glaring problems that I had with this episode. Nothing really to do with any of the acting. It was more of the storytelling aesthetics. Mm -hmm. Huge problem with glossing over the 
bewitchery of Ryan because you just make him look stupid. Mm -hmm. And I know that John LeMay, he did a great job showing off the fact that he was all nutty. Mm -hmm. I think that we would have had an even better episode if we could have saw Ryan slip into madness and be evil Ryan, even if it was only for like 10, 15 minutes of the episode. Yes. But it would still be fun. But we didn't get that. We get kind of crazy, confused, sweaty Ryan. In in dark hallways. In dark hallways and but brightly lit Porsche seats. <laughs> Not to mention the fact, if you compare this to season one's season finale, leaps and bounds, oh, sir, yeah. because mm-hmm. this actually was a well-deserving season finale. So for me, I cannot give this episode any higher of a rating than a nine. We can't get quite on the comparison train here between this and last season's finale that we can't compare them. I there it's it's not even apples and oranges. It's uh, like Yeah, it'd be an insult. Apples in a freight train. Yeah. Oh, it, yeah. It's apples in a freight train. Uh the, the pace of this episode was stellar. I know that if I could have just sat and watched this, I think I would have even gotten more out of what what we actually have just provided for our audience. So that's a definite benefit for this mm-hmm. for this episode. Again, I also love the cultural capsule that we're offered for this episode in that here is witchery, both sides of witchery. One that's incredibly dark, the other one that is l- much lighter and good, however old and feeble, <laughs> and so there has to be a fix to it. And the fix in this case is going to be Mickey. Asterisk. So definite thumbs up there. I love the interaction of our team. It's something also that we didn't, I don't know that we really focused on that inside the episode, but I love that our characters are actually used inside this episode. Not all of it for good. Ryan obviously is in a tough and tumble throughout the vast majority of the episode, Yeah, but he's used as is Jack who needs to be using his resource stuffs as is Mickey, who is the white witch power prism, I guess maybe. Yeah. And so, again, giant chalk up for that. I think if you were given this episode as a one to look at, and my my whole caveat on witchery is if you can stomach and or want to endure witchery, because there are people that just don't have any interest. You see a pentagram and you're instantly skirted by what's going on. Mm -hmm. Maybe this isn't the episode for you, but if all that's dispelled, I think that this is a stellar episode of this program. The pacing instantly takes me over the vast majority of pickery that we did inside of, especially the negatives, to get me something really, really hearty in regard to a Friday the 13th episode. So I give this episode a 10. That's where we ask you guys, what did you think of this episode? The last episode of season two, episode 26. Coven of Darkness. Let us know what you think by going over to our website, CuriousGoodsPodcast.com. Fill out the quick web form and tell us what you think. Wow, another 26 episodes underneath our belt. Amazing storytelling provided here inside of the last episode. Oh, damn. Wow, that... That popped real hard. You know, you know what it? Oh, you know what it is? It's, it's the pendant light we got over here in the studio, Nick. How ironic! I'm I'm not going to be able to read my notes here. Uh, would you mind help me out? Change out that bulb. Well, sure. Yes. Sure. There's a there's a ladder that's uh, right over here next to the bathroom. 
There's more than one ladder. Which ladder? Yeah, we just got done talking about the witch's ladder inside this episode, but that's not important right now. Well, I'm not talking about the witch's ladder. I just need to know which ladder to use. Yeah, the witch's ladder. We're not going to talk about the witch's ladder right now. What I want you to do is I want you to go around the corner and grab a ladder. Mike? Yes? If you want me to help you fix the pendant lighting right. here in the studio, uh-huh. I need to know which ladder I now, can use the, to get up there. The witch's ladder is what Ryan was compelled to get by Liza so that she could do her dirty deeds inside the episode. That's not important right now. What we're focusing on is the fixing of this pendant light so I can see my notes, dude. Witch ladder. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Curious Goods Podcast. We are always interested in learning what you remember about these enchanted items and their tales of reacquisition. Connect with us immediately at CuriousGoodsPodcast.com to share your treasured information. Until the next artifact reveals itself, the vault is now closed. Oh, here. Now that you've mounted the mic, may I have some sound, please? Now that I've mounted the mic. Like that? That mic. Right. Yeah. Okay. Wow. <clears throat> All right. And three, two. I need to talk to HR. Shut your pie hole! <clears throat> Coven of Darkness. Ahem. <clears throat> Coven of Darkness. One more time, I was scratching my chin. Yeah, and stepping on my lines. Okay, now I understand the joke. That's good. Now he gets it. See, when you explain the joke, ladies and gentlemen, it's it's not funny. funny. (laughs) Okay.